This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this episode, I visit with Tori Reitman, the Vice President for Commercial at Vault Platform. We discuss why hotlines and helplines are even more important during COVID-19 and the increase in cyberbullying that has uh, become more ubiquitous during COVID-19 and more importantly, what companies can do to stop it going forward. Hello everyone, Tom Fox back for another episode and today I have with me Tori Reichman. She is the Vice President Commercial at Vault Platform and also a proud Wolverine. So Tori, first of all, Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Yeah, it's great to speak to you, Tom. Thank you so much. And for anyone listening, go blue. So uh, we had the chance to visit on an earlier podcast, and we had a long discussion about a topic that I had really not focused on in the age of coronavirus, and that's actually uh, the increase in cyberbullying. And that's something that uh, you, uh, the company, have certainly noticed, picked up on, and actually have a blog post about that on your great uh, website, So I was wondering if you could just maybe walk us through how a company can think through either detecting or preventing that. And it may even be a discussion about increased employee engagement in the work from home era. Yeah, happy to, Tom. So I think I think it's important just to to set the scene in that workplace bullying and harassment are unfortunately quite commonplace. Um, and in some research that Vault conducted earlier earlier in the year of about a thousand employees, uh, the response rate that came back was actually that 70% of employees had witnessed or experienced bullying at work in their career. Um, and so this was this research was done pre-pandemic. Um, I'll just say that. And and at that stage, 70% of them of those surveyed had witnessed or, bu- or experienced bullying um, at work. And what we've started to see evidence of is that the change in work environment over the last six to eight months has significantly changed this risk um, because people are working online, because people are working remotely, there's actually been a huge increase in the rates of cyberbullying. And it's because there's less social interaction, or sorry, it's not because there's less social interaction, but because there is less social interaction, it makes it so much more difficult for people to speak up about it. Um, They don't know how to speak up. They don't have that office of a trusted colleague that they can just pop into or go for a walk to get a coffee and tell someone how they're feeling. Um, and this is this is very challenging and concerning from a company's culture perspective. Um, so I can talk more about that, but I'll just pause um, and take a breath there. Sure. So is that, and I actually wanted to follow up on that point, is that conversation one you're having with clients? Are they open to hearing about what the statistics show, but more importantly, some of the things they can do to help increase engagement or give someone who is unfortunately the victim of cyberbullying a way to connect and report that? 
Absolutely. So companies are actually coming, which is which is always great to see, but companies are coming to us and telling us that they want to find a way to encourage people to speak up about the experiences that they're having. Um, they understand, they recognize that in this new way of working, people are afraid. Um, people don't have the psychological safety and the ways in which to be able to raise their hand and say, I have been a victim or I'm having this experience that is affecting my productivity. Um, and it's challenging the way I interact as part of this team. And so we're seeing from our clients that they're looking for, um, they're looking for advice on what's the tone that they can take. How do they talk to people and how do they take the step to reach out and, and kind of bring out that olive branch for trust because companies recognize that there is a big trust gap between themselves and the employees who who really form part of the company. And so employers, heads of ethics and com- compliance, heads of HR and DNI, they want to figure out a way to strengthen, to rebuild that trust within the employee population. And they know that the right way to do that is to set the tone from the top and to create a way for people to speak up. One of the things that... Uh struck me uh, so much about Me Too and uh, discrimination and harassment based on sex was a power dynamic. Mm. Uh, usually it was a, a more powerful, typically male figure who would harass or discriminate against uh, a female, but it obviously could be the other way around or it could be the same gender. Is is the dynamic in cyberbullying a little bit different, uh, not so much a power dynamic uh, so that it could be a colleague to colleague dynamic? Yeah, that's a really, that's a really great question. Um, so I think I'll start by saying that I am definitely not an expert in cyberbullying specifically. Um, I can tell you anecdotally, I can share with you anecdotally what I hear from my clients, um, and the ways and the, the investments they're making to improve their organization's culture. They are absolutely targeting their efforts around the colleague to colleague interaction. Um, they are absolutely directing their training efforts around common acceptable social behaviors um, and training people for how to speak, how to communicate in a remote working environment, um, the importance of visual cues, the importance of, for a manager's perspective, for identifying within a team has anyone's behavior changed? Has anyone who used to be quite visible and quite vocal, have they gone quiet? And and what's the trigger there for you as a manager to be able to make that extra effort where you don't see someone in person, to be able to go to them and talk to them and see if they're okay and see what may be going on behind the scenes? So I can say anecdotally, I believe that the it's not just a power dynamic around cyberbullying. It's absolutely um, a colleague to colleague. And I think it's because there's less social interaction overall. People don't feel comfortable um, that they're going to get the protection from the office environment that will prevent that bullying from happening. Uh, I started this podcast uh, about mid-March because I really wanted to capture for the business executive, clear and sane information, business information about the age of coronavirus. And obviously the uh, times and and the situations have changed since mid-March and early April when we started off in the pandemic. We're now recording this in late October. And I was wondering uh, whether two or three of the top questions you're getting from your customers, your client base of where we are now. 
So the first is a very practical question, which is how do I let my employees convey to me concerns they have about coronavirus? So a very simple, like we have Vault, which is typically for misconduct incident reporting. Can I actually use that because all of my employees have it in their pocket? Can I use that as a way for them to communicate with us about whether they've tested positive or whether they need to self-isolate? And our answer is absolutely. Um, there's absolutely the configurability in there. And so you've got, you're able to use what you have. The second is that we're seeing from our clients is I've got this population who are meant to be returning to work. Um, we're going to start opening up our offices and we now have a new um, set of guidelines that we need to follow. How do I talk to them about this? How do I let employees flag to me if they see something that doesn't seem right or if they're feeling pressure um, from their local line manager to to deliver FaceTime, to show back up in the office when they personally um, don't feel safe, don't feel secure, potentially taking public transportation, or they're quite comfortable self-isolating and now they're feeling that pressure. How do we talk to them? Um, so I would say those are probably the two big questions that we're seeing. The third question I would, I would um, just flag is that we've actually had one of our clients say to us, they've been going through um, their internal audit. And as part of that, it's been flagged to them that um, employees could use could use whistleblowing as a mechanism for reporting health and safety misconduct as it relates to coronavirus. Um, and they're asking us, what are our views on that? How do we recommend they use the technology that they have to be able to capture that information and almost um, essentially predict or preempt any issues from spiraling out of control and, and kind of getting bigger than they need to? Uh, actually, that doesn't surprise me at all because I looked at some hotline numbers from uh, Q2 here in the United States, and there was a huge spike in sort of mid-February through mid-April, but it was health and safety around coronavirus. Uh, and it, it wasn't necessarily violations, but it was questions. And that so using that your tool for that mechanism and having that uh, ability to capture it, I think, is, is absolutely going to be critical going forward. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the most important things that I've seen um, in this I don't even know how else to say it in this crazy time is that this is all around communication, right? This is around building trust across the organization. We're in an unprecedented time. Everybody says it. It sounds so cliche at this point of 2020 to say it's unprecedented, but it is. And communication, good communication can help mitigate so many concerns that people have. And so for employees to know where to go, who to talk to, how to raise concerns, know that they're going to be heard, be able to see that their concerns are being actioned, and then truly having the organization close the loop and demonstrate that meaningful action has been taken, that goes such a long way in helping companies evolve and sustain and grow and continue to be successful, um, whatever, you know, whatever the future starts to look like. Tori, I typically end this podcast with a question along the lines of, uh, where do you see us in a year or the end of 2021 and into Q1 2022? But I have to say, you may have just answered that question and that uh, I really haven't heard anyone talk about communication and the evolution of communication 
and the importance of communication. And not to say that we didn't communicate before, but the personal interaction around going to get a cup of coffee or, you know, at the water cooler or going to have a sandwich is very different than the communications uh, employees are having now. And so, you know, perhaps that may be one of the uh, things that, that come out. And certainly at Fault Platform and, and the business you guys are in, communication is the absolute forefront of what you do. Absolutely. It absolutely is. It's what we're kind of built around, which is employee-employer trust building, and you enable trust through communication. And I think the ways in which people work have already changed. Nobody knows what the real future looks like, but I truly believe that communication is going to be the differentiator to the organizations that succeed and the people that succeed in those organizations. Tori, unfortunately, we are near the end of our our time, but um, I'm going to tell the listeners they need to go to your website. I'm going to ask you for the address in a minute because you have a great coronavirus resource hub, plus a lot of other information. Uh, All of this leads to uh, if someone wanted more information or to connect with you, how could they do so? Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. So we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. So the website is Vault Platform V A U L T P L A T F O R M dot com. Um, you can follow us on LinkedIn. We are Vault Platform. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. It's Tori Reichman, or you can email me directly at Vault, which is Tori T O R I at vaultplatform.com. Well, Tori, as we move forward into uh, now in Q4 and perhaps into 2021, I hope I might be able to call upon you again uh, to see where where we are at that time. I'd love to talk to you about it, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the compliance podcast network so if you could tell one person about it send them a copy send them a link do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast i would greatly appreciate it compliance and coronavirus is a production of the compliance podcast network and it appears tuesday wednesday and thursday of each week thanks again for listening and i hope you'll join me again for another episode This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.